Hi, Heather. Welcome to our studio. Thank you for having me, Kevin. Good to see you. We're going to talk today about event data and, and the importance of, of, of data. And could you tell me why data is so important and, and what you mean with data specifically? So one of the reasons why I think data is so important at this current moment in time is because as we are attending events in this in 2022, every attendee is going to be so much more particular about the events that they choose, whether that's a virtual event or a hybrid or an in-person event. So the data will allow us to understand the needs of that event attendee. So in, in fact, data has never been more important in understanding our audience. And using that data, we can craft our event to meet the needs of what they are looking for. Okay, I do understand what you're saying, um, but if you make it a little bit more concrete, how do we capture the data? And from that on, how do we translate it down into like what you said, using the data to craft better events? There's, there's a couple of ways that event planners are using that right now. So obviously we've come a long way with event technology. There are a lot of great platforms out there that now enable and ask the questions as you register the attendee. So getting yourself a really powerful event registration tool is the first step. The second step will be your CRM. And ideally, your CRM links up with your event registration tool. So we have this automated process. A lot of the great event platforms also have polls and opportunities to survey your attendees all the way through the event experience, which previously we often relied on having a follow-up survey, which let's be honest, how many people are actually completing? So I think it's really important to not just collect the data at the beginning of your event experience in the registration process, but all the way through that customer journey, through polls, through um, additional questions, through through, um, of course, a post-event survey. But then when it comes to actually using that data, it's the power of your CRM. So understanding, so as an example, mm -hmm. our team uses um, Infusionsoft. And through a number of tags that are automated through um, our event platform, we're, we're niching down. We're, we're not emailing somebody about an event in Toronto who lives in New York. You know, we are not emailing somebody who is an entrepreneur um, about an event that is geared towards, in our case, we, we work with corporate women. So, so a, through a series of tags and through a series of managing your data properly, you can make sure that all of your marketing communications is super targeted. The biggest challenge that I'm seeing in this current um, sort of a virtual event world is, you know, every time somebody signs up for a virtual event, how many emails do you get subsequent to that event? There's just, you know, these powerful machines um, of, you know, sometimes big tech that are emailing you constantly. So I would say as an event planner, you need to be super targeted and focused on, you know, what the needs are of your customers. So, so we've got the data, recorded and processed from your event registration tool, you move it over to your CRM. And then 
there's also, you know, a number of other supplementary ways that you can get to better know your customer. And I would argue that it's, you know, one of those ways is actually an in-person connection. So, you know, even though, and I'll give you an example of what we do mm -hmm. within our membership community. So W North is a global membership. We do over 50 events a year and an annual conference. And through the process of getting on onboarding a new customer, not only am I, is, is our system capturing data, but we offer them an opportunity to have a one-on-one -on -one call. So don't think that data is just all about input into a computer. There is a powerful way to, you know, and it's either me or one of my team members will hop on a 15-minute call and they will be in, you know, Infusionsoft adding notes and adding tags according to that conversation. So not to disconnect, you know, the human connection from data. I think that's a really important piece because now there's tags associated with that particular customer that said, you know, when you bring the 2022 W North conference back, I want to be the first one to um, get a ticket. So, or, you know, and that, and mm -hmm. we now know that about that person. So we've tagged them appropriately. And guess what? When the tickets go on sale, they're going to get an email that specifically you wanted to be the first one to know. And here we are. And, and I find it an interesting story about that tagging because, because tagging is a very easy way to get a lot of data about uh, a, a person. But how do you as a planner define the categories of tags? Eh? Because you, you already mentioned you have a tag for next events, maybe for some interests, but what kind of tags do, do, do you use? So we have, we have quite a few, <laughs> but we do categorize them into geography, into business interest, um, into professional background. So in the case of you know, entrepreneurs, corporate women, is one of the ones that we use for um, W North. We also um, will have, because we are running, we are running courses, we're running um, in-person events, we're running virtual events. There's a number of different um, pockets. And what we know about these virtual attendees is there are actually a slightly different persona than an in-person attendee. So about 75% of people will go to a virtual networking event to learn. Only 25% will go to network. The opposite for in-person, 75% will go to an in-person event for networking and only 25% to learn. So although you do have attendees that will attend both, they attend for different reasons. So I definitely recommend that you are tagging your attendees that go to in-person events and that go to virtual um, because they're they are they're different and they should be marketed to differently um i can really see eh, that this way of working especially if you you're working for an organization like this um where you have repetitive events and and so on that data can be very valuable for your marketing for next events and so on is that also the case if you organize a one-time event Maybe let's even say something completely different, a wedding or something like that. Is it in, also in that case still very interesting uh, to, to, to gather data or is it less important in that, that situation? 
Um, I think it's always important. I'll use an example of, you know, a first time event. So, you know, let's say it's a, um, an artisan market and you've got, um, this is your first event. You've got 200 vendors. It's maybe an enormous amount of work and you may do, may not do it again. Um, but the, there, it is really important to keep that data because, in the case, of course, if you do it again, or in the case of, you know, if you are in a in a position or planning for another organization where you may be able to support in that area, it's always vital to have that information. How you use it, you know, may be different. One of the things that I've seen a lot is, you know, for smaller organizations that may not have a powerful CRM tool, is really leveraging social media. So you know, whether that's Instagram or LinkedIn or, um, you know, one of the more powerful event invitation platforms right now is LinkedIn. About a year ago, launched the ability to have events on there. And if you are doing a one-time workshop, you're just becoming a coach or whatever it may be, LinkedIn events is a powerful way to be able to invite all those people, retain that information. If you do another event on LinkedIn, LinkedIn remembers who went to your last event and you can invite them, invite them easily. So not to say that you have to have a CRM at all. There's other ways using managing your network on social media that you can retain that information as well. In the beginning of the interview, you already mentioned something about doing surveys after the event. And I understand that you say most critical moment to gather information about uh, your participants is before the event. But also after the event, it's, it's important to know what did they think, what could be improved, that, that kind of, of, of stuff. What is the best way to approach that? Uh, are there any pitfalls we need to avoid? Uh, how would you do that? So I have started doing a lot more immediate surveys, which is you know some of these event platforms and even Zoom allows you to do a survey, uh, you know, a quick temperature check right after you log off of the event. And I, we've been having the most success with those because they are quick. They are right there. You're, you know your feedback because it just happened. Um, so I would, number one, I would recommend that in enabling that in, in your practice. And then as far as you're, you are 100% correct, getting that post-event feedback is critical right now. And as I mentioned, um, people are being very particular about what they're attending these days. Um, we all have Zoom fatigue. And if mm -hmm. we're going to go to a virtual event, it better be good. <laughs> so gathering that in, um, input uh, on how that event went so you can prove it next time um, is also really critical. You mentioned before that uh, in the uh, onboarding process, you actually call people. Do you also do the same after an event? If you, for example, get feedback at a very low temperature that you call in and say, oh, uh, you didn't like it, uh, can you tell more? Or is that a step too yes. far? Yes. So we, no, we, we actually, what we do mostly is with our membership. When we have a cancellation on our membership um, or a cancellation of a ticket, actually, an event ticket, um, we will we will do that. So we will ask them um, a couple of questions by email, and we do give them an option to select a call. So 
it is a little bit harder to get somebody on a call. So we often just will ask a couple of follow-up questions, but yes, it's definitely a good practice to not only nurture the good contacts, but the potentially um, expired ones. Let's call them. Yeah, because I can can imagine that that's a moment in time you can get a lot of valuable information, at least to to save other members. Exactly. Yes. We're now talking about participants uh, of, of of an event, but. There are many other parties involved. Uh, I think about speakers, suppliers, uh, whatever. Is it is it also important uh, to do something with data about them? Definitely. So you know, sponsors and suppliers and partners in many in many event planners' worlds, we haven't necessarily spoken to them all over the last let's say two years. So I think it's really important to not only gather and um, keep that data on hand, but also to um, to update it um, and to go through what may be a, somewhat of a painful process, but um, a bit of contact management. So, you know, if you've got suppliers, you've got sponsors, it's been two years, there's been turnover in many organizations. So don't assume that your leads list inside of your CRM from two and a half years ago is up to date. And so I would say now is a good time if you, especially if you have um, some support to go in and update these lists using LinkedIn, using good old fashioned phone calls um, to ensure that you have the right contacts. Because what could happen is as we start to emerge and we start to go back to trade shows, we start to go back to conferences, is we think we have this list of all of our sponsors or all of our um, exhibitors, but, you know, it's all the, all the emails bounce back and everyone's moved on. So I think what's really important about that particular audience is ensuring that you have the right decision maker at this moment. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking while I'm thinking about uh, this, this right now, keeping up updates, all that data is quite, quite a big job. Is it, do you put somebody in charge of, of that or is it really a team effort working all together to keep the data updated? I think it's a team effort. Um, we are a small business, so we, and we also, um, we'll keep all of our data management in-house. So that is, you know, in terms of being, um, being fair to the team, it's like, it's in different wheelhouses. For an example, our, our team member who's in charge of sponsorship would take the lead on um, updating the sponsor leads list. And I often will be working in sort of a sales capacity for organizations to bring, bring um, attendees from their organization. And, and that would be um, sort of my plate. So I would say it depends on the organization. Smaller businesses, it might be more of a team effort. Um, and it's definitely something that you have to consider whether you're going to do it internally or if you're going to outsource it. Yeah, and at least have the mindset to know that this is really important and you need to focus uh, on, on this. Otherwise, you will end up with a list indeed after two years, which is not accurate any, anymore. Maybe as a last uh, uh, question, eh? um, we already touched the subject of uh, event tech and that event tech is also evolving 
into to, to helping um, us manage data more and more. Um, AI, machine learning, all those things are coming our way. For you, if you look at, at the next year, what are focus points of, or, or trends uh, you think that, that will be important uh, when it comes to event data? We will see the real emergence of hybrid events and we will see a continuation of virtual events. But I think the I think this next year will be truly the hybrid. And even if the in-person component only has 50 people in it, um, then that is what it will be. But I think um, with regards to data, I think it will be about understanding your different audiences and where they're at. Um, so as an example, using the data that you collect from your registrations um, and almost separating the virtual attendee with the in-person attendee. And I've seen this trend going on as there's actually a different marketing strategy and there's a different email marketing campaign going to the hybrid attend, or sorry, the virtual attendees versus the in-person attendees. So I think 2022 will be about understanding exactly what audience you're speaking to, hybrid versus or virtual versus in-person, um, and speaking their language. That's that's very very interesting, um, and and I think you're totally right um, that that is is what we need to focus on uh, all. Heather, I really want to thank you uh, for your time and sharing these insights with our audience. Well, thank you for having me, Kevin. It was a pleasure to uh, to be on the show. And you at home, thank you for watching our show. I hope to see you next week.